This is HPR episode 1817 entitled Gathering Parts. It is hosted by Anibil and is about 23 minutes long. The summary is, Anibil talks about the process he goes through while starting an electronics project. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hello, this is NY Bill, and today I thought I'd talk to you guys about how I approach an electronics project. What got me started on this one is I was clicking around on the internet, as you do, and ended up going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I stumbled across this site called Gilmoreish, and it was everything to do with uh, David Gilmore, the guitarist for Pink Floyd. It's all about his gear and his guitars and what amps he used, and then there was what pedals he used. And I'm looking through all of this stuff, and I see the Big Muff Pie. Now, I had heard of this guitar pedal before. I, you know, I knew it was around, but I never used one or had one or even you know, heard one clean. I'm sure I'm hearing them in songs, of course, on Pink Floyd, and I'm sure a lot of other people use them, but I don't really know what this pedal sounds like. So it got me curious, and I didn't really want to go to the store and spend 100 bucks on something just to you know, see how it sounds for a minute and then never use it again. So I just started researching this Big Muff Pie. It's it's a uh, it's an overdrive pedal. It's all solid state and uh, it uses four transits. I believe it was four. Well, we'll get up to the schematic in a minute. So as I'm researching this Big Muff Pie and who made it and you know when it was available, where it was available, I stumble across another site that is completely devoted to this uh, to this pedal. People are really geeking out on it and actually kind of reverse engineering them and drawing schematics and showing the changes from version one, version two, as the years went by, all the different, the capacitors that changed and the transistors that changed. And it was really quite a lot of information. But on that site, there's the schematics. So it got, got me thinking, why don't I just see if I got enough parts or I'll just get a few parts and I'll build up one of these pedals and then I'll be able to see what it sounds like for, I don't know, 10 bucks, five bucks. So the first thing that I do when I I'm going to start an electronics project is, of course, you get the schematic. I mean, if you can design it yourself, kudos for you, but I'm going to go off this schematic here. Uh, I'll link all this stuff in the show notes, these, let's see, four, this would be like four or six links of the things I'm talking about today. So on this, uh, it's actually www.bigmuffpage.com. So that shows all the different versions. Let's see which one I used. I'm scrolling down the page now. No. Oh, yeah, they even go into people that license the technology and put it out as another name, people that blatantly ripped off the technology and put it out as a different name. But anyways, uh, here's the one. I I can build any of these now, but this is the this, here's the one I started going off of. 
I know I'm faffing about here, but I'm scrolling up and down on the webpage. Good fun for you, huh? V1 Standard, was it? V1 Green Cap. I think it was the V1 Standard Triangle Big Muff, circa 1971. Yeah, because David Gilmore started using these in the early 70s, so... If you want to look at the show notes, you can check out the schematics and you can follow along with what I'm going to say here. But the first step that I do with an electronics project is I have to start seeing what parts I have, seeing what parts I need. The easiest way I found to do that is, of course, you get the schematic and then I get a piece of paper and I look for R1. That's resistor one. And just write down what the value is. And then R2, R3, R4, go right through all the R's and have a nice list of them. Then I go on to the capacitors, which would be C1, write down what that is, and then make a note if it's an electrolytic capacitor or a regular you know, ceramic cap or something. Just, just make a distinction between electrolytic and not. So you're going to want to go through all the Cs. Let's see, I forget how many there were in this one. There's R18, R21. I don't know, it's getting up around maybe 25, 30 resistors. Uh, I probably should have wrote this down before I started blabbing into the microphone, but yeah, it's looking like about 15 or 20 caps. The next thing I write down are uh, D, which is diode. So you're going to look for diode 1, diode 2, diode 3, depending on how many they are. Again, write, write down the, the values of these components. Next one I'll do is Q, which is transistor. I don't know where they got Q for transistor, but that's the way it is. So in this particular schematic, there's four transistors, Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. And this is where I'll go on to what I was going to say next, but I'll just say this before I leave this subject. Then uh, you might go to IC, which is integrated circuit. Your, your schematic might have that, IC1, IC2, IC3. You're going to have, uh, oh, back in the resistors, here's R26. Let's see, R26, R25. So at the end of their resistor list, R24, R25, R26, they go into variable resistors. So this would be your volume controls and your tone knobs. And So make a note if, if the resistor you're looking for is a linear taper pot or an audio taper pot, what type it is. You're just getting your parts list together, basically. Then what I'll do is I'll go through that list and let's see, let's, which one's R1? Uh, I just did what I did a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Um, looking all through the schematic for R1 like I had previously, and there is no R1. For some reason, this schematic starts with R2. I don't know if they left something out at a late stage or someone overlooked something, or maybe I'm just not seeing it right now, but I don't believe that this schematic has a resistor 1. Anyways, resistor 2 is a 33K. You're going to go down your list now, or this is how I do it, and I'll go down the resistor list and see, is there any more 30, 33Ks? So you know you're going to need multiples of these things. And if there are, I'll mark it some way, like put a star next to it. And then, you know, down on, let's say, R12 is also a 33K. Put a star next to that. Or you can use colors or highlighters or however you want to do it. Go through your capacitor list. You're going to do the same thing. See if you have duplicates because you might, you might need 30 resistors, but you only need four types or five types. And when, you're, when, you're, when it comes up to ordering, this list that you're creating is going to help you. So... And then, uh, well, in this case, I need four diodes. They're all the same, so I know I'm going to get four of those. Actually, I always order double. You're, you're, when it comes to components, you're buying something that might be 10 cents or less, 
and the shipping's going to be $6 anyways. So I just like buy double what I need or, you know, a whole handful of them just to stock up my personal uh, components drawers as well. Okay, so, so once I have the list of all the parts I'm going to need, I go to the, well, the components drawers I was just talking about. I don't know why I'm calling them drawers. They're on the floor in the blue hacker bag. They are a bunch of uh, plastic, like Tupperware cases that I got from somewhere that have uh, compartments in them. So I, I sort all the resistors that start with one, like all the brown resistors will be in one, and then, you know, all the two red lip, that, yeah, two red lip, that's, <laughs> that's something I learned. You have two red lips, so you know that two with a resistor is a two. It's just, that just popped up right out of my head. Anyways, I have all my components sorted, and I'll take the list that I just generated and go through my components and see what I have, what I don't. So what I have, I'll put a check mark. That's good. And then what I don't, this is where you are going to have to do some ordering. Places like SparkFun and Adafruit, those, you know, you can get kits on there and you can get, you know, neat projects to build up and things like that. And sometimes you can get the odd resistor or cap. But when you get into a project like this, you're, you're going to have so many different variables. You're going to have to go to the big guys. And the big guys for me is DigiKey or Mouser Electronics. So, okay, let me click over to DigiKey here. I think it's Mouser, M-O-U-S-E-R. It's one of those things I've only read and I've never heard. So, Mouser, Mouser, one of those. Oh, let me just jump back for one second. What I ran into personally was I, I had a bunch of the resistors I needed, I had a bunch of the caps I needed, but and I had all the diodes I needed. What I did not have is these transistors and the transistors that are in this schematic are the transistors that were used in 1971, and they no longer have those transistors. If you could find them at a, geez, I should have checked over at Trojan. There is a place that has new old stock near me. I should have drove over and checked. But anyways, in this uh, Big Muff page, they say on the schematics if there are modern equivalents. So on to DigiKey. Now here's the thing. DigiKey is a big, huge, you'd be surprised. I'd like to see what their warehouse looks like because they just have, like you'll look up 100 ohm resistor and it'll come back with 74,000 results. <laughs> and you have to weed through this. All right, well, let's do it. Uh, let's type in resistor. I'm, okay, I'm on the resistor page and the results are 72,697 different components. So you can see how that's pretty overwhelming to start with. But what you're going to need to do is they have... Uh, I don't even know what you call this. It's like a menu system. So you can choose your manufacturer. You can start narrowing the search results down. You can choose a series. So we're going to want through hole. So you can go over to resistance and go to 33K. Just scrolling up and down to the, the amount of ohms here. I mean, there's, I finally got to 33 and then there's 33.2 and 33.3 and 33.33 and 33.333 and 33.389. And these are intolerances of plus 0.1%. I, I, I can't imagine who's building something that needs this precision, but there, there they all are. So let's just click on 33K and apply filters. We've gone, now gone down to 703 items. Then another good place to go is wattage. This is just a little pedal. It's going to run off of nine volt batteries. So a quarter watt or a half watt, half watts plenty. And then apply filters again. We've now gone down to well, 76 again. Features. Anyways, you get the point. You're going to go through this menu system and narrow your selection down until you're just down to about three or four parts, and then it can just come to 
price. I mean, this, <laughs> see what I mean? Here's this one, uh, 33 ohm. Oh, I want a 33K ohm. You can see how confusing this site can be. So a 33K ohm, we can hit apply filter. Now we've gone down to 360 separate items, which is still quite a bit for <laughs> one particular component. Uh, another thing you can choose, of course we choose those through hole, is in the power. So this is a little pedal that's just gonna run off a nine volt battery, a, a quarter watt, quarter watt's fine. So I'll t click on quarter watt and apply filters. Now we're down to 82 separate devices. Packaging, there's bulk, just you get them in a bag. Tape cut, which is those resistors that come with like a piece of masking tape on the top and the bottom, which that keeps them orderly if you're gonna keep these things in drawers or you're gonna want little Ziploc bags for everything or like a compartmentalized box, like I said. Uh, tape box and tape reel. These are things that go out to manufacturers and automated machines are pick and place, taking things off of a reel or out of a box. It's rolling out like kind of like ammunition on one of those belt fed gun type things. So we either want bulk or cut tape or just a single device. So I'll hit bulk. We are still at 28 devices. Now we come down to manufacturers, which I have no idea. Let me close my window. My neighbor just decided to weed whack her lawn. Doesn't she know I'm busy? Yeah, so manufacturers, I don't know which ones are better than the others or, I mean, at this point, I'll just scroll in and just find one, just go by price or, and again, we're talking, I mean, this first page here is between one cent a piece and like 39 cents. So I'm definitely not gonna want 39 cent pieces. I'll stay with just like, this is hobby stuff. So one cent a piece, that sounds fine. There's a ceramic 33K quarter watt axial 5% tolerance five plus or minus five percent tolerance and it's a penny a piece so if like i said earlier if you're going to be paying six or seven dollars for shipping and i don't even know if i imagine they ship international or some of you guys that are listening from another country you probably have you know the equivalent of mouser or digikey over there but in any case it's going to be the same thing you're going to want to get this stuff shipped to you and it's a penny a piece so you know, why not buy 50 of these, you know, and then you then you have these resist resistors in a drawer. Another way to go about it, if this is your first project or just starting your first project and you don't have a lot of parts hanging around, I mean, you could you could get old computers and copiers and you can start tearing them apart and desoldering things and build up a collection that way. Or there is another way, go to Amazon or whatever search engine, search engine you go. For, and look for kits. You can get, there's one uh, that I actually purchased. So it's Joe, Joe Knows. So Joe Knows. And then whatever it is you're looking for, Joe Knows Resistors. And it comes up. Here's Joe Knows Resistors, quarter watt, 86 value, 860 pieces. They come in a box. They're all individually in their little envelopes with the markings on them. And that's only 18 bucks. And so you got 860 resistors just to start your collection with or have on the shelf. I, once I saw these, I was on Amazon looking for uh, knobs. I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. But, and that's how I stumbled across these, uh, these Joe Nose kits. There's someone else that's doing something very similar, but it seemed like price-wise, you got the most from this Joe Nose guy. And 
they have he has oh i got him in front of me so i bought the jonos resistor kit there's uh a capacitor kit i have two mice on the table and i keep grabbing the wrong one and that's not very helpful so jonos capacitors it is a 33 value 645 piece kit then and again it was 20 dollars. and then he has I keep saying he, like it's actually a dude. I mean, I'm sure it's just some company. But then I saw Joe Knows Electronics Semiconductor Kit. So this will have a lot of transistors, uh, MOSFETs, got NPNs and PNPs and Zener diodes and Shockey. And, I mean, if you, if you get this thing and the resistors and the caps, you're looking at maybe spending 60 bucks and you could do so many projects with this stuff. So I found the prices of some things on DigiKey a bit prohibitive. Like uh, I ordered the transistors there. I ordered the diodes there. I had all the resistors. And then I ordered the, uh, the pots, the volume, tone. And then I went to look for knobs to go on top of the pots. And the knobs ended up being, they had like one knob was like $8. I mean, that's, that seems a little excessive. So I started looking around and I ended up on Amazon. That's how I found out all that Joe knows stuff anyways. I'm over on Amazon and I type in knob and I found the metal style knob that would be on a Fender Telecaster and they were only like two bucks a piece. So I got four of those. Well, they were, I needed three, but they came in packages of two. And then I started typing around for a project box to put this stuff all in. And these nice aluminum cases came up and I noticed them from looking at other you know, DIY pedal pages that a lot of people are using these. I didn't know what they were called or what they were, but, and then when I brought them to our 2600 meeting, a buddy goes, oh, did you get a Hammond box? So apparently these are commonly called a Hammond box. I ordered the CUT234 and it came in and it was a little big. It's, I don't know if anybody's familiar with a boss pedal. That's kind of a standard size pedal. This is even bigger than that. This would be good for if you were going to do a pedal in a pedal, let's say you were going to do a distortion pedal with a switch and then maybe a second reverb and stick it all in one box and another switch for the reverb. So then I went and got, let's see. Oh, yeah, this one says Hammond on it. So aluminum die cast cased Hammond 1590B. This will be the case I'll use for this big muff. It's two-thirds the size of a boss pedal. This, this seems to be very popular. This is the one I'm seeing on all these DIY pedal pages. Also, while I was on Amazon, I found the uh, quarter-inch jacks and the switches. You need a, oh, I forget what it was, triple pole, double throw. This, this is, uh, some of the contacts on here are going to engage your guitar to the pedal, and some of the other contacts are going to engage the power to the board. So triple pole, double throw. So I found those on Amazon, too. So anyway, you can scrounge around, look around, get your parts together, and get them all in front of you and then you're ready to start your project. So that's the point where I'm at. I have everything that I need for this pedal in a box. And I thought I'd just talk to you guys about how I go through the process of assembling, you know, gathering everything. And it might help you to have some of these resources if you're interested in making your own pedal. There is pages on making your own amps. There are people that reverse engineered almost every amp I could think of. I could find the schematics for. Be careful with amps if you start messing around with tubes and stuff you get into plate voltage which is like 400 500 volts i mean it'll you know to kill you voltage but uh these little a diy pedal thing nine volts this would be great for a beginner 
maybe well maybe beginner I, i'd go in intermediate with this because you are, you are starting to have to break down a schematic and you know think through how you're going to lay out your board and things like that so now all this stuff for a big muff pie is in a box next to me and whenever i get the <laughs> further motivation i will start putting it together and maybe that can be another hpr i'll put the thing together and i can go through you know what i found out about the schematic or you know, some pitfalls or helpful tips along the way or maybe i could even do a uh, just like a quick little sound demo of a clean guitar and how the overdrive sounds two other things i should mention before i go about digikey i'm sure mouser does this as well but i tend to use digikey more once you're signed in and you start gathering your components this can take you know a little while to narrow your th things you know narrow in each individual part down and put it in the basket a handy thing they have is you can go to that basket or shopping cart, whatever you want to call it, and you can name it. So you can name it after whatever project you're working on, and it will save all those components for you for the next time. Then let's say you're, you have two projects going. You can have two shopping carts and have them both named and saved, you know, as many as you need. It's, it's handy to be able to not have to worry about getting all your components right now, spending 20 minutes getting a shopping cart together and placing your order. You can gather everything you need and then, you know, Maybe you want to shop, like I said, you, you know, I, I found some things cheaper on Amazon. So if you find them cheaper over there, leave your Digicart basket to the last thing you order. And if you're finding things elsewhere that are cheaper, go back to the basket and pull them out. And when you're ready, you have your saved basket and you can place your order. The other thing is just using DigiKey as a resource. It's amazing. I've, they have so many components and none of all of the components have a data sheet. I've never, I haven't found one yet that doesn't have a data sheet for it. So Let's say a schematic calls for a certain component and you have one that's similar or very close. You can pull up both components and look at the data sheets and see if you can swap one for the other in your project. Or there's an integrated circuit in your project and you're wondering, you know, what the actual circuit does. You want to see inside the circuit. You pull up the, the data sheet and it will have all the information you need right there. So two more handy things about DigiKey. Okay, so... Go find a project and go get some parts and tell us what you're doing because we need more HPR episodes. So if anybody wants to contact me, you can leave comments on the HPR webpage or you can email me at nybill at gunmonkeynet.net or I am still on StatusNet. I guess we're it's GNU Social, but I'm still on a StatusNet instance. It's The whole thing just stays in flux over there, but I'm uh, nybill at sn.gunmonkeynet.net. Okay, until next time, guys. We'll see you later.